Well, we're coming to the end of January, scarily, haven't we? Uh, but I want us to, to finish January, really, and, and kind of start this year thinking about these verses that have brought comfort and help and encouragement to so many um, over the years. Because here is a verse, uh, of two verses, that offers us total security. So whatever this year brings, whatever is before us, in these two verses, we can know real security with Jesus. Now, the promises we're going to look at, um, well, are for those who trust in Jesus. So if this morning you're not yet trusting in Jesus, I want to challenge you or encourage you to do something. You know, like if you go to a shop and you want to try some clothes on, yeah? If you want to, you, you kind of go into the changing rooms, you try them on, see what they fit like. I know people don't do that much now. You get it on the online and send it back. But imagine this morning we're in a changing room and you are putting on Jesus. You're putting on Christianity. So just try it for today. And as you listen, say, well, if this was true, how would it help? Just try it on today. Uh, and that's as we look at these things together. So the promises that we're going to look at are in these two verses. Uh, let me read those verses again. 22 and 23 of chapter 3 of Lamentations. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Now, as you hear those words, what kind of position do you think the writer of those words are in? It sounds like they're having the time of their lives, doesn't it? It sounds like they must be going through a situation which is full of joy and happiness. But when we see the book that it comes in, the book of Lamentations, Jeremiah is writing these words from a place of real heartache and real pain. So these are deep words of comfort. Because Jeremiah can say them in the midst of real sorrow and real pain. So it means that we can know peace and hope and certainty in a time maybe that doesn't look anything like that. Now, Lamentations, this book, it's a lament. That is an expression, a heartfelt, passionate expression of grief or sorrow. Um, What's the author lamenting? Well, as I mentioned earlier, he is lamenting the fact that God's people are in a mess. They have wandered from God. They are doing their own thing. They have ignored him. And uh, God had warned them, look, if you keep on going away from me, if you keep on worshipping other gods, if you keep rebelling against me, then I will give you what you're asking for. If you don't want me in one sense, don't have me. That was God's judgment on them. If you choose not to have me, then don't have me. Don't have my gifts. Don't have the land that I give you. Don't have my blessing with you. Instead, know the curse. And so what happened? They kept on rebelling. Hundreds and hundreds of years of God's patience. And then um, that one time came where Babylon came in and took them out of their land. Smashed their walls down. Smashed the temple. And so here is Jeremiah, the writer of these words. I want you to imagine him on the top of the hill. Looking over Jerusalem. The walls are down. There are buildings in flames. The temple is crushed. And it looks like there is no hope. It looks like God has abandoned them. It looks like it all has ended. But look at what happens. There is hope in the midst of it. Look what Jeremiah writes. In the the chapter 3, he says this. He says, um, I am the man who has seen affliction, verse 1. Now, you, God, have driven me into this situation. You've brought darkness. He says, doesn't he, um, that it's, I have forgotten, verse 17, what happiness is. My soul is bereft of peace. He's telling God, God, I'm in this mess and I can't get out of it. I'm in darkness. Help me. Now, one thing before we look at um, some headings to help us through this passage is this. 
Can you see how honest Jeremiah is in his prayer life? Can you see how honest he is? It means that today you can be honest with God in prayer. Tell him what you're feeling. Tell him your frustrations. Tell him your doubts and your questions. We often think we need to sort ourselves out before we speak to God. But actually, Jeremiah has given us this permission here to say, you can go to him however you are. Go to him in your mess. Don't tidy yourself up first. Go to him in your mess. You know, a bit like when a father comes to, sorry, when a child comes to their father or mother and the child might have just been sick. What do the parent do? They, they might kind of squirm a bit, but they have to tidy them up. They have to get involved. They don't say, go and sort yourself out. No, they can't sort themselves out. We have to help with the mess. And the same way God says to us, come to me messy. Come to me with all, all of your failures, all of your questions, all your doubts. Come to me. And we see that throughout the Bible, not just in this book. So don't stay away from God because you think I've got questions, I've got doubts. Tell him all about them. So what does Jeremiah do in the midst of his questions and doubts? Well, look at verse 21. He says, I call this to mind, therefore I have hope. When he's feeling hopeless, there are some truths that he remembers. So today you might be feeling hopeless. You might be feeling helpless. You might be thinking, I don't know what's ahead of me. But look what God says. He's saying, look, there's a few things you can remember. So here are three things just to remember. Um, as we have questions or doubts, as we face uncertainty, as we're in the crossfire of this world of chaos, three truths for us to kind of anchor ourselves to uh, at the start of this year. And the first one is this, the unstoppable love of God. So he says in verse 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So here is Jeremiah. He is spiralling, isn't he? As you listen to the chapter three, if you read the rest of it, he is spiralling downwards. He is just going further and further into this deep darkness. And he's looking in and there's no hope. He's looking out, actually, and it looks hopeless. But he does something. Instead of doing that, he kind of lifts his eyes up. He says, no, this I call to mind. He takes captive his thoughts, as Paul um, tells us we, we should do. And he says, no, I'm going to remember something to stop the spiral. Instead of looking in, I'm going to look up. Instead of looking out, I'm going to look up. You know, the, the, the problem can so often be that we, are, we look in, don't we? And we think, where can I find help and hope in my life? And we know as we look at our lives, we fail. We can't do it. We, we haven't got the strength or energy or knowledge. We, we're helpless. We look out and we think, well, there's no help anywhere. But if we lift our eyes up to Jesus today, there's hope. So today, we lift our eyes up to Jesus. And what does he see about God? What does he see about him? He says, the steadfast love of God never ceases. That phrase, steadfast love, especially in this translation we use in church in the ESV, is used the same every time. In other versions, it might say faithful love or, or gracious love or merciful love. It, the, when you see that, those phrases, it means a covenant love. And a covenant is like a super promise. It's better than a promise. It's a promise that will never be broken. It is totally binding. And in the Bible, we see God makes this binding covenant promised love to his people. He says, I will be your God and I am sticking with you. It isn't a love that is based on the other person. It is a, it is a love that is totally committed, totally um, whole out, sold out for the other person. And there's no get out strategy. It's a love that says, I'm going to stick with you no matter what. 
And if you see that um, sometimes celebrities in America, when they get married, they have what's called a prenup. Have you heard of that? A prenuptial agreement. So before they get married, they kind of have it in writing. So if we do split up, this is what's going to happen. So there's kind of a, a backup plan. You know, with God, this covenant love means there is no backup plan because he will never break it. He is sticking with us through thick or thin. His steadfast love never ceases. His, his promise is covenant love. And as part of this covenant love, God made a promise to his people in the Old Testament to say, I'm sending someone who will be your rescuer. Sending somebody who will prove that my love will never be taken from you. And when we see Jesus coming, that is the promised one, the one who confirms the faithful covenant love of God. And so we look at Jesus and he's the proof that God's love will never fail and never let us down. God's love for his people is totally binding, totally committed. Uh, when the toddlers finish um, with us on a Tuesday now, and Carol has given out a lot of these Bibles over the years, we give them a little Bible to take home because it, it really helps explain God's love uh, to those children. And we pray that they will read them and enjoy learning all about God's love. And in the Bible we give out, the Jesus Storybook Bible, um, it has a translation for steadfast love. And do you know what it is? It's this. It's, uh, it explains in this way. God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. You could say it's a stubborn love. He is not going to let you go. God has committed himself to his people. They will be his people. He will be their God. And what does that mean to Jeremiah? Well, even though his world is falling apart, even though all around him seems chaos, there seemed to be no hope, no light for the future, it made no human sense. He could bring something to mind that said, actually, whatever's happening here, God has got me and he is not letting me go. His steadfast love never ceases. God cannot break a promise. It's impossible. He just can't do it. He will achieve what he promised. And so when Jesus comes, we say, oh, he kept his promise. That is proof to us that this is what God is like. Somebody will come, will put things right one day. Jesus is coming back because he already has come once. He will return. It is all part of God's promise. Now let's bring that closer to home for us this morning. Do you feel like God has abandoned you? Are you feeling confused about what he's doing in your life? Are you just thinking, I don't get it. Why, how, what's going on? Maybe in the midst of that, we can really doubt God's love for us. Listen to these words this morning. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It never ceases. If you're trusting in Jesus today, if you're a Christian today, Remember, Jesus says he brings in the new covenant, a new, even better <laughs> promise in one sense. How is the covenant, the new covenant, signed? Well, Jesus, when he was having the last supper with the disciples, says, and likewise, uh, the cup after he'd said, eating it said, this cup that is poured out for you um, is the new covenant in my blood. It is signed with the blood of the Son of God. That's how important, that's how committed God is to keeping his promise. See, the cross of Jesus is proof that God will never let us down and that he loves you deeply and that he is committed to you. You are precious to him. God loves you. The cross of Jesus is the evidence of that, isn't it? What do we deserve from God? We deserve him to ignore us like we've ignored him. We deserve him to leave us like we've left him. But Jesus took our punishment on the cross and today he is saying, 
you are secure with me if you're trusting in him. Perhaps you've been let down by other people's love. They've said they'd love you and they haven't. They've made promises to you and they've walked away. Here's a God who will not break a promise. Here's a God who promises to be with you. So if you've never trusted in Jesus, today could be the day where you say, yes, I can't do this on my own. I'm looking to a love that will never let me go. That's the unstoppable love of God. The second thing that Jeremiah kind of brings his mind to in the hopeless situations he's in is this, the unending mercy of God. So here, Jeremiah is wondering how we can go on another day. You know, God, you have put me in this situation. I am so confused. I don't get it. But he remembers God's love will never fail. But also he says, your mercies, his mercies, never come to an end. They are new every morning. Now, what is mercy? Mercy is not getting what we deserve. So we deserve, what do we deserve? We don't get it, but we get, um, we, we, uh, God doesn't give us what we deserve. So every day, he says, God will show us mercy. Every day. What do we deserve? Well, think of what we've done to the king of the universe. We've said to the king of the universe, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to um, uh, yeah, just do whatever I want. In one sense, we've committed cosmic treason. Here's the king of the universe, the giver of all good things. What do we deserve from him? Well, we don't deserve anything from him because we've given him nothing. And yet here, we encounter the mercy of God. Instead of the punishment we deserve, we get his mercy. And how do we get that mercy? Well, because on the cross, Jesus took what we deserved. He paid for our mercy so that we could get what he deserved. And we're told here that it's fresh mercy every day. Spurgeon illustrated it like this. He said, uh, Spurgeon was a preacher in 19th century London. And he said, think of a pot of water. You go to a pot of water, and the problem with a pot of water is there's a limited amount of water in there. And it can get dirty, stagnant, you know, it's limited. But, if you, but God isn't like a pot of water where we go to f- for mercy every day. He's like a fresh spring. There's always more, and it's always fresh. There's always, it's always new. There's always enough. And so his mercies are new every morning. And we see that in other places in the Bible. Remember the manna from heaven, the bread from heaven that the, the Israelites got every day, uh, and double, double amount on a Friday so that God says, just rest for a day. Here it is, I'll give you what you need every single day. New mercies every morning. I know I've said this before, but there's no better way of illustrating it than what Corrie Ten Boom, how Corrie Ten Boom illustrated it. Corrie Ten Boom was a Jewish Christian who was um, treated horrendously in a concentration camp in the Second World War. After she was released, after she um, got out of the concentration camp, she went around the world speaking and sharing with God's love and his care for her in that time. And she went to a place in Africa to speak and the government were just cracking down on um, Christians in this country. And the, the Christians there were terrified that they were going to be persecuted for being a Christian. And uh, she could see as she was standing up to speak in front of these Christians that they were terrified. So what did Corrie Ten Boom say? Well, she's remembered something her dad said to her when she was young. Um, and because Corrie Ten Boom faced the same fear as these Christians. She said this to her dad when she was young. She said, Daddy, I'm afraid that I will never be strong enough to be a martyr for Jesus Christ. I'll never be strong enough to be a martyr for Jesus Christ. Tell me, her father wisely responded, when you take a train trip from Harlem to Amsterdam, which is where they lived, when do I give you the money for the ticket? Three weeks before? No, Dad, you give me the money for the ticket just before we get on the train. 
That's right, he replied. And so it is with God's strength. Our wise Father in heaven knows when you are going to need things too. Today you do not need the strength to be a martyr, but as soon as you're called upon for the honour of facing death for Jesus, he will supply the strength you need just in time. And she said this, I took great comfort from my father's advice. Later, I had to suffer for Jesus in this concentration camp and he gave me all the courage and power I needed. What are you feeling today? What is it that you are worried about? What scares you? Maybe you look at that and think, how can I cope with that? God's promises here is, I will give you what you need. New mercy every morning. He is enough. He is enough. Sometimes you read of Christians, don't you, who are facing um, persecution. Or maybe they have a gun to their head and they say, do you trust Jesus? If you say no, I won't kill you. If I do, um, if you say yes, I do, I, I'll kill you. And we think, how would, how would I cope in that situation? But the reality is, this truth is, God's not calling us to do that right now. But if we ever are, then in that moment, he will give us the mercy we need. Today's mercies for today's troubles, one writer puts it. Tomorrow's mercies for tomorrow's troubles. As your days, so shall your strength be. Don't be anxious for tomorrow, Jesus says. Can you see the liberty that brings? I just need to get through today. And God's promised enough for today. Yes, there's things tomorrow, but his mercies are new tomorrow. I'll go to him tomorrow for what I need for tomorrow. I remember um, when we were going through a tough time as a family many years ago now, and I was driving over um, over by Bryn, actually, and I just remember looking at the fuel tank, looking at the few weeks and months and years ahead, thinking, I don't know, how are we going to get through this? And then I remember looking at the petrol tank and realising, you know, I'm looking at my own tank, as it were, my energy, and I can't get through this. I don't know what's to come. I don't know where this is going. And then realising, just by God's kindness, a verse like this, really, that actually my fuel tank will never be enough. But instead of relying on my fuel tank, I need to tap into God's fuel tank. And there is new mercies every morning. New fuel, as it were. He has always got enough for us. We can forget that we need God, don't we? And that's why we need to keep going back to him. He doesn't just give us enough mercy for our life and then go, there you go, because otherwise we just go on our own strength. But he wants us like a child coming to a father saying, God, I need you today. I need you today. Help me again today. His mercies are new every morning. Maybe you're not a Christian here today. Remember, we're trying this on today. This is what, if you're a Christian, this could be true for you. Are you facing something that's too big for you? Facing something that's too scary? Facing something that you can't do on your own? This is a big reminder from God today. Trust in me. I'll give you the mercy. I'll give you what you need when it comes. And it's his way of saying, look, you need, life is too big on your own. You need someone bigger. God's mercy is unending. So in the darkness that Jeremiah was experiencing, instead of spiraling down, he looked up and he said, God's love is unstoppable. And he realised God's mercy is unending. And the third thing, the final thing is this, God's um, unbreakable faithfulness, the unbreakable faithfulness of God. So he's lifted his mind from himself to the steadfast love of God, these new, fresh mercies. But he ends with this, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. We can depend on God and he is faithful even in our unfaithfulness. Even in our unfaithfulness. Humanly speaking, um, this made no sense because it looked like God had let them down. God's people were in tatters. The city was in bits. And yet, God continued and promised to be faithful 
to them. And remember, God can't break a promise. He just can't do it. And it means you can build your life on him. In the Bible, think of how God is described. He's described as a fortress, safe place, a rock, something that will not be moved. He is a secure place for us and someone who will never let us down. What are you trusting in this morning? What are you putting your hope in? What are you pinning your joys to? The reality is, if it is anything horizontal in this world, there'll be a time where that person or that thing won't be with us. They will go. Or that person will let you down. Or that thing will not last. But here we see the faithfulness of God says, I will never leave you. He's the one we can trust. So when we're confused and questioning, God, what are you doing? We look at his faithfulness. Not our faithfulness, but his. The story's told of this little girl walking along the cliff and she's with her famous boxing father. And they're walking along the side of the cliff and this boxing, you know, he's a big man and he's holding her hand. And the girl's scared. She's saying, look, I, I, I'm really scared here. What, what's going on? I, 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 I don't want to fall over. I, I worry I'm going to go down, down the cliff and fall into the sea. And the boxing dad is looking down at his little three-year-old, four-year-old girl. And he says, look, you don't need to worry. If you slip, I've got you. <laughs> look at the size of his hands. I've got you. I won't let you go. As we think of God's grip on us, that should give us such comfort. Because we might think, if I trust in Jesus, there's no way I can keep it going. There's no way I can keep trusting in him. I'll, I'll let him down. I'll mess up. I'll, I'll, I'll fail. But God says, it's not your grip on me that is important. It's my hold of you. And my hold is an everlasting hold, a steadfast hold, and an ending hold, a forever hold. Now, as we kind of think about the faithfulness of God, think about Jesus. He resolved, God resolved, before the foundation of the world, he says, I'm going to save my people. And through all their wandering, all their idolatry, he came and he rescued, even though they failed. And when Jesus came to earth, what happened? Well, Jesus saw the faithfulness and the unfaithfulness of people around him, his disciples. He says in John 13, it says he loved them and he loved them to the end, even though they were going to let him down. And they did. That very night from John 13, they left him, they betrayed him, they denied him. But Jesus remained faithful. Jesus kept going. And he went to the cross and he died. And it was proof that God keeps his promises. Proof that God is faithful. So today, whose faithfulness are you depending on? Are you looking ahead and thinking, I've got to keep hold of God. I can't let go of him. Because otherwise I'm lost. Well, no, there is liberty, there's freedom. Because God says, I've got you. When you put your trust in me, I've got you. And I'm not letting you go. Lean on Jesus. Fall into his arms. As I was preparing this this week, a thought came to me that being a Christian is a lot like, or becoming a Christian is a lot like sitting down. What do I mean? Well, what's easier? What's more effort? Standing or sitting? Well, standing is, isn't it? Standing's more effort. Standing, you're on your own. Sitting, the chair is doing all the work. Yeah? The chair is doing it all. So being a Christian is this, is saying, I can't stand anymore. I'm going to rest. I'm going to sit on Jesus. I'm going to let Jesus do the work. 
But so often we think it's about us standing or us working and I've got to keep doing it. Today, rest in Jesus. Sit on him as it were. Just say, Jesus, I'm over to you. It's all yours. And he is faithful. He will keep you to the end. He will not let you go. So today, are you trying to stand on your own and are you feeling weary and tired? Rest in Jesus. Sit down, as it were. Lean on him and he will never let you go. He is faithful to the end. So when we think of these promises, the steadfast love of God, when we think of his mercies that are new and fresh, when we think of his faithfulness that will never let us down, even if we have let him down, can you see the security it brings? Can you see the freedom that could bring? The, the liberty, the, the mind space it could bring if we say, it's not up to me. God's got me. You might think, well, it's too good to be true, isn't it? But you see, Jesus shows us these things are true. The blood of Jesus confirms and shows us the steadfast love of God is true. He died on the cross to, to, so that you could be saved. He, the new covenant, the, the new promise in his blood is written for us. The blood of Jesus confirms that his mercies are new every morning. There'll always be enough. You can always lean on him. And the blood of Jesus confirms that his faithfulness, he is the rock that will never let us down. He has done the hardest thing, which is a die on the cross for us. Getting us to heaven, as it were, that's the easy part. Because the hardest part is done. Today, if you're a Christian, these things are true for you. Rest in them. As we face this year ahead and we think, I don't know what's ahead in, in the rest of these months. Here are some things we do know. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. If you're not a Christian, you've tried it on this morning. These things could be true for you. You could be as secure as these words tell us. Now, I want to encourage you not to take that off now. But to say, I've tried it on. I'm going to keep it on. It's quite comfortable, actually. Uh, And I want to follow Jesus. Why not today? Say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to sit as we rest in Jesus. He's done it all for you on the cross. Let's pray before we sing our last song together. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for precious verses in the Bible like these. Verses that have comforted so many people over many years. And we pray, we plead with you, help us to remember them. Lord, you know um, everything that's going on in everybody's lives in here today. And you know the worries that we carry. You know the uncertainties ahead. You know the things that are ahead that we don't know are coming. But we thank you that these things we can call to mind. And therefore, whatever our circumstance, we can have hope. We praise you for this. And we help, help us, Lord, to remember these things now and when the trials come. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's only one hymn we could finish with, which is based on these words in Lamentations. Great is thy faithfulness. So let's stand and sing.